Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We gather together today in your presence and just want to commit it in prayer into your hands. Father, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would speak through me, Lord, the words that you want to share today and you would touch our hearts. I pray that you would help our hearts to be open to hear the truth of your word and also, Lord, those things that are pertinent to the days we're living in because we do want to be sons of Issachar and we thank you, Lord, and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So it's lovely to be here and um, when I was praying about what to share on today, um, the Lord was speaking to me about all it takes is a few people to change things in a major way, either for good or for evil. And I would argue that that's what we're seeing today. Um, it doesn't take a lot of people to change things detrimentally. Um, if you have them in key positions. Um, so regarding the word of God, first of all, um, to underpin what I'm going to say afterwards, the Lord gave me Galatians 5 verse 9. And that scripture in the King James reads, A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So leaven is like yeast. And in the newer version, for anyone who uses the NIV, it reads as a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And the Amplified shares it, a little leaven for a few false teachers leavens the whole batch. It perverts the concepts of faith and can mislead the church. So... When I was actually talking to the Lord about that scripture, what he was saying to me was that it only takes a few people within an organisation, within a government, and even, you know, within a denomination, uh, a church body, um, to change things that affect everybody. And... Those few people can be a tiny minority, uh, but if they're in key positions, strategic positions, especially places of authority and power, and Satan knows all about authority and power, and uh, because he was basically defeated through the power and authority of Jesus Christ, his blood, so the devil knows exactly um, how power and authority operates and it's essential that the body of Christ does as well in these days um, because it's really it's the foundation upon which we can see the Holy Spirit move in power which is what the church needs um, in these days where the demonic is just running riot in and outside the church um, so Yes, the Lord was speaking to me about this, a little leaving, leaving at the whole lump. And 
It made me think about um, in this country, in the UK, in Scotland, um, just thinking about how that might be so. And within our own government, all it takes for the enemy, and this is like looking at it from the point of view of a war, because we are in a spiritual war, and it might be a silent one, but it's definitely a spiritual war. We know that. And at the moment, we have a lot going on. Um, and we are, as a church, uh, on a war footing in many places um, because we, we can see what's happening. And you know, Hosea 4, 6 says, you know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge of God's word. Not necessarily knowledge of what's going on out in the world because, let's face it, you know, technology has enabled us to really put in Google or whatever search engine you want to use a question about just about anything. Instantly, you get an answer of sorts. Um, so it's not that knowledge really, although that is important. It's a knowledge of what God says about things in his word. And that's when people can actually be deceived. Um, and that's like the enemy's major weapon in this, you know, war against God's people, against humanity. Uh, deception is one of the main things that he uses. Because if he can, if he can keep, especially the children of God and the body of Christ, ignorant of who they are, first of all, who they are in Christ, um, and then what they can truly do through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, whose gifts did not cease at Pentecost, um, then, you know, he's well on the way to having many victories. And so... I believe that in these days, the Lord is raising up people to know who they are in Christ and to know what the weapons of their warfare are, because we do have weapons to use offensive weapons, not just defensive running away and cowering, but offensive weapons. I mean, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through our testimony, Revelation 12, 11, we take the battle to the enemy and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So thinking about a little leaving that um, affects the whole batch brought me on to talking to the Lord about the medical pharmaceutical industry, because that's what it is, and how that plays a part in the days that we're living in because it plays a massive part in what's going on, not just at a government level, but individual levels of day-to-day -day life for just about everybody in this country, in the UK. And what we've seen over the last 18 months are a few people, I believe, in key positions who are making the rules and 
the laws as well and trying to force these upon the majority. And they're doing that through various means. They have the media at their disposal. Um, they have people in high positions in hospitals. And they also have even people within the church um, who have a powerful voice for good or to be a voice that can be used in other ways to influence people. So what the Lord was showing me was, and I, I knew a bit of this before, but for anyone who doesn't, um, it is quite interesting when you go back and you actually look at, um, with regards to medicine, we can see they have a symbol. Now, talking about the occult, and the domain of the enemy, Satan, Lucifer, whatever name you prefer using, um, he uses a lot of symbols and he uses them for good reason because in the kingdom of darkness, they are powerful and a lot of people in the church are completely unaware that these symbols are all around them in this modern age. And a lot of them go back to the times of the mystery schools in Egypt and even predate that, going back to the Tower of Babel. And even back then, it was um, the goal of people who were absolutely opposing God with everything they had and they wanted what really could be called oneness. They wanted this um, coming together and like today I suppose you could hear it called globalism. They wanted to cut and break up all the boundaries, all the sovereign boundaries of places. And they wanted to bring everybody like themselves together to govern whoever was left. And it was a minority then. And this sort of oneness that they were wanting to achieve um, is akin to today, New Agers would call it, Christ consciousness. They do talk about Christ. You hear it a lot with them. But they talk about, you know, this oneness with um, the universe. They use all these terms that are, you know, sound good. And people who are not discerning may even think it's about the Lord, it's about God, but it is the absolute opposite. And I'm not saying that everybody who takes part in the New Age is even aware of that. They may well think that they are uh, looking to Jesus, um, especially if they're old enough that they actually got taught that in schools um, when they were growing up. But the New Age Christ, the New Age Christ consciousness is the antithesis of Jesus Christ. And that is what the enemy does. He inverts everything that God does. He turns it on its head, literally. And so God put a stop to the Tower of Babel 
and he dispersed them and he confused their speech and their languages. So they weren't able to communicate the way they thought they would be able to. And nowadays, we just constantly hear, whether it's through the World Economic Forum, whether it's through climate change, the Green Agenda, which I would say has lots of paganism in it, um, this oneness. We all need to be one together to save the planet, to um, come together and, and just look after the creatures that have been damaged, look after the mountains, the countryside. We hear it all the time and they even have their poster, Girl, We Greta. Um, but there's nothing new under the sun and the Lord sees that just like in the days of Babel, when it was Nimrod then, now it's, they're trying to, you know, the enemy has his few people, uh, the leaving, he's trying to get them in key positions and he wants them to bring about like a modern type of the Tower of Babel again, so that he wants this world, this modern world, to come together, but under his authority and power, um, after Adam basically gave away dominion to him in the Garden of Eden. Um, and Jesus Christ set that right when he came to earth. He sorted that problem out because it was based on sin. It was based on Adam and Eve looking to the wrong tree in the garden when God warned them. Instead of the tree of life, they looked to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And today, with this um, virus that's going about, shall we say in inverted commas, um, people are being told to trust the science basically trust the knowledge and they're not given the sources, the backup, the information. They're just commanded to trust the science, trust the knowledge. And if you don't, then you're looked upon as someone who is anti everything that's good, anti the green agenda, anti vaccines and they even have some in the church who are also helping them with this agenda by saying that if you really want to love your neighbour and I've also heard people saying that's what Jesus would do he would take the vaccine I've heard that and that was actually issued and it's in black and white and on a video by the head of the Dallas Seminary in America for the Baptist Church, um, he said that for the record. And uh, I think the exact opposite myself, but we're still allowed to have personal opinions at the moment. How long that'll go on for, who knows, because people are being censored, left, right and centre on social media and being shut down. So what we're seeing is there's a an effort by a few people, and they even admit that they are these 
elite few and they want to have their agenda pushed through definitely by 2030 but earlier if possible and there's many many parts to this there's many tentacles to this um it's been in the process for a long time uh you know bringing it together to where we are today they want to use technology absolutely um satan's called the prince of the power of the air and he operates in we live on earth he operates in what's called the second heaven and that is where a lot of these new agers think that they're going to meet god and things when they astral project and do things like that but it's actually they're entering into the devil's kingdom so if anybody you know is doing that and that also is where people who have seances who try to contact the dead relatives um fortune tellers they're operating in the second heaven it is not where the lord is he is his throne is far above that but when these people do this call it new age call it the occult um these Egyptian mystery schools are way, way back. It's all out the same trap. And it is a trap to lure people in. They think they're contacting God. They think it's angels. They think it's their mum or dad or whoever who's died. And it's actually demons. And it just brings a snare. It's like a spider's web. And they're drawn into it. And a lot of people, sadly, in the body of Christ, don't really know much about it. I hear so often, we don't want to talk about the devil. And we don't want to give the devil any glory. And of course we don't. But that doesn't mean that we don't educate people about how he operates, um, what you do to withstand him and then take him out in your situation. I mean, we are in a spiritual war and even in the natural, people are trained. They don't just go out into the battle wearing no armor, with no weapons, not knowing how to fight. They go through boot camp training and um, they're not allowed to, you know, hold a gun until they've been through all the processes. A lot of training just naturally to actually be part of an army. And um, it, sh it needs to be the same in the church. People need to know who the enemy is, what he can do, if they don't know who they are in Christ, and how he gets in. Primarily deception, but also through fear. Fear's another big one. So... Going all the way back now to what I said initially about medicine, about pharmacology, the symbol for the medical profession is the, it's a rod and it has wings on it at the top and there's two snakes uh, coiled around it. And um, it's called the... <laughs> I will pronounce it correctly. It is called the Cadusus. Beg it, please forgive me if I've pronounced that wrong. 
but it's um you know the one that I mean and that actually goes all the way back to ancient Egypt and um it's based upon Hermes and they have a lot of these gods, the Greeks did at the time of even Jesus, they talked about it, the temples all over the place, Paul encountered them all, Mars Hill, they were just all over the place. And there were gods that were apparently mythical, but many people think they're actually part of the kingdom of darkness, their principalities and powers. And one of these uh, gods, little g-gods, was called Hermes, and he had a few um, characteristics. One of them was he was a messenger, he carried information, and he was, he actually was one of the gods that took the dead to their sort of the resting place, if you like. Um, and he had many people who worshipped him and he was connected with healing. And so that's what the medical profession today have as their symbol. And it is, I believe, a, a sigil, which is what you call basically a symbol that's used by the enemy. And they are powerful because objects and symbols can have demonic power attached to them. Each of the things that I've been saying, you could actually, um, you know, talk for hours on just each subject. Um, but Hermes is behind the medical symbol for healing. And it doesn't have anything to do with healing, as in what we know that Jesus can do by Jesus stripes and the Lord wants to have us well if we're not well and, and God is a good God and the enemy has this symbol that people, including many doctors, because a lot of them don't understand the foundations um, of medicine, the ancient foundations going all the way back to the Egyptian mystery schools and that's where Freemasonry was thriving, um, a lot of the things today that aren't evident but are still around, but they're hidden, hidden in plain sight. And that's what the occult does. Um, so going back to what's happening today, we've got the medical profession who are pushing a vaccine for a disease or an infection and to be honest nobody's quite sure exactly what it is because no one's allowed to have the thing in a lab that's independent to investigate it and even the vaccine itself is experimental until 2023 it's still experimental it was not approved if you hear anyone saying it's been approved, it has not been approved. It's been given emergency authorization because a pandemic was announced globally and 
the definition for what a pandemic is was actually changed relatively relatively uh, recently ago, not very long before COVID appeared in the scene. And um, so it wasn't the same as before, like when we had bird flu and nothing really much seemed to come of that. Uh, they tried to, these minority of people in power, they tried to make that a pandemic, but the actual definition of pandemic was the original one. And so they couldn't push that. And, and eventually it very quickly just petered out. But with this one, they were, what the enemy likes to do is to actually mock people, even God's people. And before this, many of us know now that they had all these different exercises that were supposed to be just in case there was a pandemic and how to respond to it. And we know about the event 201 and, and you know, different things like that. But there was also one that's even more troubling in my mind and it's, you hardly hear about it. And it's, it was called CLADE, C-L-A-D-E-X, CLADEX. And if you go onto a search engine, not Google, <laughs> try DuckDuckGo, something like that. If you go into a search engine or the Wayback Machine, um, which will give you everything on the internet from its origin, and look at what Cladex was about. I think you'll be um, quite shocked um, at what that's about. And I won't go into it, but it's just part of the puzzle pieces, because there's a lot of puzzle pieces um, to what's going on just now. And trying to stick to just medicine and pharmacy part of it. I do believe there's a lot of doctors who are genuinely wanting to help people and they are being actively resisted. They're being stopped um, with the threat of being struck off, losing their job. Um, in fact, any sort of whistleblower who has the truth, who wants to speak out, who wants to warn people, help them, um, is being told very quickly what will happen to them, the price that they will pay if they do that. And at the moment in the UK, there's a nurse who's a Christian and she's going to uh, court in September. She has actively whistled, uh, been whistleblowing about this and trying to open people's eyes to what's going on. And she's got the potential of being a domestic terrorist as the charges against her, which have found guilty 10, 15 years in prison. So, and that is being made known. So it's people are being told, if you open your mouth and speak the truth, then this is what could happen to you as well. And that's what happens a lot of the time, to scare people, to keep them silent. And people at the end of the day, just are thinking about paying their mortgage, feeding their family. They're thinking about how that would affect the people around them if they were to speak out about what they know. 
And so it is a very tricky situation. It's not just a case of, well, you should just open your mouth and say what you know. And people do need wisdom. And one thing that we definitely need to do is talk to other people who are the same as us, who have the same uh, ideas about what's going on. Because the people who have not taken this um, injection are quite few in number in the UK. The UK has been really targeted um, as one of the Western nations to be given this. And, you know, if you do investigations um, into papers that have been published that have been actively censored, because that is a key issue. Why censor something if it's the truth? Why do that? And especially something that once it's in your body, you cannot remove it and take it back out again. Um, as a nurse, for years, it was always the practice of at least five, sometimes ten years of actually looking at these things before the general public was ever injected with them. And now it's even children that are the targets who, in their own words, are saying there's just about zero chance of children catching COVID yet to go back to school or whatever, you know, th there's all of this going on. And people are under pressure. They've been told if they take it, they can go on holiday. And, well, we just can see what's happening with that. And there's a lot of lies being told to people. They've been given false promises. And so why? What is the agenda? What's all this about? And we don't have all the answers, but it certainly looks like this can adversely affect someone physically. Um, and they are quite open, these people, um, like the World Economic Forum. Um, they want to have people connected to artificial intelligence. And they want that to be done as soon as possible, in the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, written by Klaus Schwab, who's the head of the World Economic Forum, he states there that they want to have uh, people connected to the Internet of Things without using a phone, but the people themselves will be the antenna that will be picked up in the satellite grid system uh, not just the the poles that we see going up, and that this will be mass surveillance on on a scale that people have never ever known before, especially in the West. Um, so they've quite openly stated this. I've read the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and there's a chapter in it that they have twenty three. Uh, items in it that they want to achieve by twenty thirty, and they're well on the way. Um, and a lot of it is transhumanism. See, a lot of these people actually, I would say, hate Jesus Christ. They want to live forever. They know that eternal life is possible, but they do not want to bow the knee to Jesus Christ as their saviour, as their Lord. So they want to go about it another way. And they think through the one that they worship, um, that the way to do that 
is through transhumanism, through being connected to the AI system. And people can actually, I believe the technology is far more advanced than the general public are made aware of. And, the, and there's a lot of research to back that up. But people are um, able to download memories, download how to speak French, Spanish, in a minute or two. They don't need to go to school and study and do these things that are old-fashioned now. So there's a lot of implications with AI. Yes, it can be used for good, but it can also be used for evil. And the way things are going just now, it's not just one thing. There's a lot of things that are coming together. And so I could go on for hours and hours and hours about this, but basically I want to leave... Um, on a positive note, and that is that Jesus says in his word, you know, one of us can put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. And when he talks about prayer, I think people need to really get a revelation of what prayer is and how incredibly powerful prayer can be against the enemy. And we've been talking briefly about imprecatory prayer. David prayed in the Psalms, and it's also comes up in the New Testament in places. And the idea that God is only love, he is a very promiscuous God who will allow anything and everything to take place to happen because he's just a God of love. And just do your thing, no problem at all. And that is a lie from the pit of hell because Almighty God tells us what his character is. He makes it very clear that yes, he is a God of love or Jesus Christ would never have died the death he did for each one of us. But it also tells us that he's a God of justice. And that's where, you know, we get the idea of courts and all the rest of it. God is a God of justice. And at the end of the day, the time will come where God does say enough is enough. He did it in the days of Noah, I believe. And this, this is controversial. It's not something that I can say for sure. But many people believe that what we're seeing now with technology was happening back in Genesis 6 and that the, the genes and people were being tampered with way back then um, through fallen angel technology, and that God just said, no, enough is enough. And he did warn them. He warned the people in Noah's day. It took Noah just over 100 years, they think, to build the ark, and Noah was warning people, and they mocked him, and they ignored him, and... He was telling them judgment was coming and they just went about marrying and just doing what they normally did, ignoring Noah. And Jesus Christ himself quoted that part of scripture. He quoted what happened um, when the rain came down. And before that, there had never been any rain upon the face of the earth that anyone had ever witnessed. And so they didn't know what rain was. It never happened before. And um, a flood just seemed absolutely laughable 
until the first drops started to fall upon the people. And once Noah and his family and all the animals were inside the ark and safe, God shut the door. It was God himself who shut the door of the ark. And then the waters came and we know what happened. Um, so there was a sort of reset then, but it was God's reset. And unfortunately, things have got to such a place nowadays that the enemy wants to have this one world system where he can control the people, he can be worshipped, and we don't know when that'll be. I mean, it could be now, it could be in hundreds of years, whatever, only the Lord knows the actual timeline of that. But what we're seeing is technology rising at such an exponential rate that it's unheard of and it's continuing. And these people are stating what their objectives are and they're getting rid of all opposition whistleblowers and it continues. And at some point, I believe, the Lord is going to put a stop to it. But before that, I do think that we have the opportunity as the body of Christ to come together to pray and to see the Lord do amazing things. And if we are coming into the end of the church age just now, I do believe in my heart that it will end even more powerfully than it began in Acts and that the Lord will use the remnant church, which is again just a few who want to be part of it and he will change things on this earth before the Lord returns. And I think we will see amazing miracles, um, healings, supernatural things, provision, food, finances, protection. And that I believe in my heart that many people who at the moment really only see these supernatural things through their involvement in the occult, they know the supernatural power there but they're dabbling in the power of the enemy. But I do believe that just as in the revivals, especially in Scotland here, that these people will see true power that completely tops what they've seen in the occult, and it will be through the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, and they will come to know Jesus Christ as their Saviour and Lord. And I do believe that that is the positive aspects of what's going on and what is ahead of us and it is a difficult time there's no two ways about it but it's in the fire that the Lord actually refines us and it's nothing new I'm quite sure that the people who are part of the remnant part of the army the end times army of God the preparation has been from day one of their conception and I believe the enemy can see the calling of God upon people and right from the word go they're targeted and 
they have to learn how to stand against that, often throughout their lifetime, but they are prepared and God has been raising up his army in these days and I believe that there will be a revival. People talk about, no, there's apostasy at the end, people fall away. Well, there's apostasy right now. There always has been people falling away and, and people not wanting to know the Lord. It's a narrow path, but I do believe that the Lord is going to do this in these days. He's going to bring people in that will just top the revivals of the past. And that might just sound like, you know, words that are to rally the troops. And in a way it is, but I also believe it's the truth that if we get hold of who we are in Christ, the power, the dunamis power, the exousia authority that is in us through Christ Jesus, then we can be a terror to the enemy. And God will protect us. He will, I believe, make us invisible if, he, if that's what has to happen. God can translate us from one part of the earth to another. There's precedent for this in the Bible. And we don't have to get on a plane or a train or an automobile. So I'd just leave it with the positive note that where two or three of us gather together anywhere on this earth, you know, the Lord is there in the midst of us. And prayer is so important. It's so powerful. And when we pray, God has already put it he's put it in our hearts and he's already gone ahead of us to you know deal with whatever situation it is and the body of christ really needs to get out of the fear of the enemy fear of the devil um it's not given glory to the devil he is defeated by the blood of the lamb he is under our feet we have the victory in christ jesus but we do need to enforce that victory on earth and that's what we need to do together in these days and i just pray lord that your words what you want to be remembered through what i've shared today will be kept in people's hearts and anything that i have said lord that is of me let it just blow away in the wind um, if it's not your will. And so, Lord, we just thank you today for the opportunity to come together. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to pray and to ask you to be involved in the situation. And, Lord, open our eyes to see how powerful prayer is, how, Lord, we in, can come before you. We can come before the very throne of God Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth and Lord we are received well because of the blood of Jesus Christ and because we are his we're the apple of your eye so father I just pray that you would just bless um, this word and I thank you Lord in Jesus mighty name amen, amen. Well, thanks, Karen, for that one. Amen.
Um, you know, I, I was interested in what you said because I was, I was going to say this. We don't know. We don't know if this is the end times that we're about to get into. And we really don't. We don't know if it's just, a, in a sense, a, a great trial to come upon the earth that the church puts down. Um, and it, as Karen says, it could be hundreds of years. It could be a future date. We know people that believe that. Um, I would have probably counted myself as one of them, uh, you know, up until recent times now. I just don't know. We don't know. But what we do know is what we can do. And that is, if we need to be a remnant, in the end times, that's who we are. If, if we are a remnant people who God allows and enables to put this Babylonian agenda down for quite some time, and we enter into a period of, of great uh, awakening, revival, that, that can maybe last a long time. Um, all the eschatology that people have is up there for a lot of folks right now. And that, that includes me, you know, I, I was um, quite unbudging my thinking until the last 18 months or so. So we don't, we don't know what's going on, but we do know that we know our God. And, you know, and we know, and those that know their God will be strong and do exploits. I just want to share a verse with you, uh, and we'll, we'll, we can go. And it's in Psalms 96, and it's verse 10. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. And whether it's the end times, whether the Antichrist is around the corner, as people say, or whether that's a long time away, that's, an, that's a, a verse that applies in every, every time, every era, every season, and certainly in the last days. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. There's power in declaring that Jesus is Lord. There's power in that. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that when you confess Jesus as Lord, you're saved. So if it can bring individual salvation, I believe it can bring salvation to God's people, the church, and even to nations. And so we believe in God that we'll be in, we're a sheep nation, uh, but it's, nobody else will do this except the remnant. God's, I think I said, shared this other day, God's not sending angels uh, and he's not going to sovereignly overrule everything despite what his church does. God uses his people. And in times, seasons like this, he uses his remnant. So uh, thanks very much, Cam, for that word. Um, and, and I believe that's exactly what you were saying. We need to be who God has called us to be. We need to know who we are in Christ. And, and we need to act on it. So, And... You know, just very quickly share this. Um, I was thinking about this this morning. I saw what we're going through right now over 40 years ago in Ratini's. I know that's hard to believe that I'm, you know, that old. It's difficult to, to get that visual impression. <laughs> but I did. I saw everything that we're going through right now for over 40 years ago. And I was very conscious at the time as being part of a remnant in that vision. The visions I used to have as a teenager... I was in a remnant, and it was it was a substantial remnant. It wasn't just a wee handful of people, but it was still very much a remnant in the nation. And I believe God's called us as a remnant to take back the nation for Him. Um, and it's always He's always done that through a remnant. So anyway, praise the Lord. Thanks for that, Cam. Thanks for sharing that uh, message with a vital message at this time. And uh, for those who are listening, uh, please come along to. Our meetings uh, at lunchtime and I'm arranged to here in the Glasgow Revival Centre where we'll have more and more messages like this. Praise God. <laughs>